Hi everybody, it's Richard Zwicky with The Green Peak. And joining us today, we have Haitham Albaik from, uh, who's the CEO and founder of a research lab called Wings. Welcome aboard, Haitham. Thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, no, it's great to have you on. You know, we've looked at a lot of different areas of the ind- of the cannabis industry over the last uh, few years doing The Green Peak. But you've t- come to the industry from a bit of a different perspective in that Wings is a, is a research lab that's been developing um, autonomous um, robotic systems, which really are going to fill an interesting place in the delivery um, of product to consumers. Tell us a bit about that, because I think you've just signed a deal to uh, implement in, uh, in some retail spots as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're focusing on automation systems with purpose-built robotics, and we really spend a good amount of time looking into the retail industry where it's, you know, for people, by people. So when you think about robotics automation system, there's a lot of constraints you got to think about in the retail world that we really took into account. And it's kind of the kind of the last mile, right? It's the last 10 feet of the journey in the retail that right. needs to be addressed. And as you know, what we're seeing right now with the uh, with the economies and with the uh, with the, sh- with the labor shortages and with kind of just kind of turnover issues, the retail part, you know, it's primed for kind of another level of innovation, another level of elevating that experience altogether. Um, and so. We have our first client, Collective Cannabis, here in Littleton, Massachusetts. They mm-hmm. came into the lab and they saw what we're doing. And we're focusing on retail in general. So when they looked at this, they said, this is perfect for what they're working on. And we've been collaborating in this work for a little bit longer. So, um, and the delivery aspect of it, essentially focusing on the the assembly to delivery, right? So as right. you know, in, a, in, the, in the cannabis market, a customer can't just pick up their order by themselves. There's always a butt tender, check your ID, make sure everything is good and deliver some, and deliver the product to you. Yep. What we're addressing really here is two folds. Number one, online ordering is like skyrocketing, as you know, yes. it's, it, it's the, the, the whole economy just made it very easy, more comfortable. And from a traditional thinking of a retail, online ordering is kind of the first step of automation. That's really how we see it. It's kind of the first stab into it. Unfortunately, though, that's the only thing that's been changed. You got this digital world that's now going to compete with analog environment that hasn't really changed in operations, logistics, or the business model altogether. So before there was a ratio of, you know, one to eight or one to 10 stations of mobile to walk-ins. Right. Now we're seeing that changing. Now it's like almost 50, 60% of the orders are coming mobile only. Mm-hmm. And they just want to go and pick up and get out. And you can see the waiting times going crazy for all that reason. So we addressed this. We looked at this from a very important perspective. Number one, our job is to elevate people, right? The workplace itself needs to be a happier place. The yep. last thing you want is a is a cannabis dispensary who is about, you know, re- making the customer less stressed and less um, and more happy, where they are stressed at the yep. at the retail level trying to deliver all these products coming through. So, so, so how- let's take let's take a step. Just I want to make sure it's really clear. So you've got the assemb- the system, which is basically an assembly to delivery. A customer places an order and is then able to walk in and you know give their proof of ID the information pick it up and go as opposed to necessarily having to engage in and not that people want to avoid interaction because i think in the pan, with as a result of the pandemic we like interacting with people but to make it more efficient and also so that if in that circumstance the person they're speaking to doesn't have to go away to assemble the order they can just have the conversation and then pull up the order 
And even if it were a live order, they'd be able not to move away from the customer to assemble it. Is that correct? You nailed, you nailed it. Essentially, what we want to do is the, in, the, the customer interaction with the bot tender in this case is highly critical. The yep. more you spend your time with them, the less you have to leave is very critical. Right now, you know, the product sits in the vault somewhere, right? Uh -huh. Now it's getting to the point where some some dispensaries will put some of the orders online outside on a shelf just because they can quickly deliver to our customers when they walk in instead of having runners going back and forth to the to the vault, which could be anywhere. And yep. now you, you may have to go through multiple security doors. You know, sometimes the Pentagon seems easier to deal with this than actually the, the cannabis dispensary. Right. But the, ultimately, with the same number of staff, you want to increase the throughput of that retail business. Right? With the same square footage, with the same ROI, you want to increase throughput. That's number yep. one. Number two, which means you want to give more time to the butt tender. You want to have more time available so you can serve more customers. This is very right. critical. But now you have two set of customers. You got customers walking in, and yep. you got customers who are doing mobile orders. Now, the assembly system, we'll talk the assembly to delivery system, the actual system sits in the vault, right? right. And itself, itself is secure. So it's almost like a vault within a vault. The assembler is hyper-focused. They get orders in, they assemble the product, they take it, they simply put it in the machine, they hit which order this is for. If this order is coming online or it's actually just a live walk-in right now, it doesn't matter. All that matters, you do it, you just come through and put it in the box. So, but this box so let's take it the step there just to slow down. There's somebody who's in the vault who receives an order, it prints up and they see they need the following product. They go to the shelf, pull the items, put them into a package and into the assembler. And when it's the individual walks into the store, it gets transferred through the system automatically to the front counter. So you're eliminating the runners and the security of and the issues around security of having the product ever leave control at any step between the vault and the consumer. Correct. So which means the product is only available to the customer when the customer is there, which is number one. Number two, so much you could you could eliminate the runners, but what we suggest is that also take some of these runners and move them to the vault to increase throughput and assembly. Oh yeah, there's always different jobs to be had. It just exactly exactly. What, so a runner can, is still a, a point of failure, right? right? So if you can let, right. if you can, that's all I was looking at. Correct, correct. And and by the way, those orders coming through could be a person walking in, talking to the butt tender, and the butt tender is taking their time to put the order in. Now it goes into the vault, and the, the assembler will make the order, put it in the machine, and instantly the machine will deliver it back out to the butt tender right behind them. And this is mm -hmm. delivered right to each single butt tender exactly, which is number one. Yep. Number two, it can deliver concurrently to each of those uh, butt tenders. So it's not like one by one. You can have three of them coming to three butt tenders at the same time. Sure. That's the huge important value here, right? Because you're dealing with customers at the same time. You want to reduce congregation. A runner, a runner, they have to go back in, collect number of orders, come back out there, talk to each one of these butt tenders. So even that process is non-concurrent. Uh -huh. This is concurrent operations, which is very critical. Here's the other thing, which is also important. The delivery mechanism does not use any floor space which is number one. And also the, the system in the vault does not use any false floor space. Through, from the ground to three feet is actually empty. You can put your own bag systems, you can put anything right, you okay. want, because square footage in retail is critical. Now the runner that comes with the tray with the rollers on it, going in front of the customer service area, takes way more space than actually mm -hmm. our delivery zones altogether. Now that is a huge value add. 
The other thing, the railing system, because it's not has nothing to do with the ground, it's on the wall and the ceiling, it can extend way. It can extend all the way out to the front of the office, meaning you got people already entering the building. Somebody's checking your ID anyway, right? Before you go into the main yep. uh, service area. So you could imagine people walking in just they want to do mobile orders. The bartender, they can say, oh, you're just picking up. Okay, I can bring it up right here. Mm -hmm. Delivers right to them from the top, give it to the order, and they can exit without congregating the inside space where it's designed really for walk-ins and you can spend more time and experiences with your customers and so on and so forth. Right. No, that's, you know, I, I understand from, obviously, you know, it's, there's very important steps in the, in that last mile of, you know, you say last 10 feet, but, you know, in that <laughs> last mile of delivery to, as the euphemism to the consumer. And it also would tie into really good from a compliance perspective in terms of just uh, constant having control of the product with less steps where there's a human intervention. Correct. Correct. How far back, you know, today you're looking at the assembly delivery end of the system, but obviously you can keep going back and back and back through the production areas. And there's a software component, there's a hardware component to what you're doing. I'd like to, you know, we do have to take a short break, but when we come back, I'd like to take a look at those two components are separate and how far back the chain you envisage uh, wings going on a forward basis because compliance is always huge. Absolutely. We're going to be back in a moment with Haitham Albaik, um, CEO and founder of Wings. I'm Richard Zwicky on The Green Peak. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. And we're back on the Green Peak with Haitham Albaik. Um, Haitham, you know, we talked about the, the last 10 feet and the ability of this technology to keep the product in control. And that's a security uh, question more than anything else. But there's hardware and there's a software component. The hardware component is, I mean, from a simplicity's sake, it's kind of like a, a vending machine that where the delivery chute at the bottom shoots out to where the bud tender's standing and uh, delivers the product there and they can pick it up and then verify and hand to the consumer. But the software is really what's key in this because you're tying into obviously to inventory management systems for how much product is being used. You're able to tie into um, the sales channels to understand the online versus offline uh, transactions and what's the difference. And you know, is there a difference in terms of the value of the product being sold by the bud tender via or versus somebody who's uh, ordering online and so on and so forth. How detailed do you get into that for the, uh, for the store operator, for the retailer? That's a very good question. One thing that we realized also is that when a product is assembled from that point on and tracking it to somebody actually taking the product delivered to a customer's hand, um, that data doesn't exist. Most right. retailers don't have that data. So we realize that this data is highly critical to any kind of logistical operation improvement. So we want to uh -huh. streamline it and also gives you a better idea of your customer expectation. So that's number one. So that data is available that we can actually expose that in a very raw perspective. But when you uh -huh. start adding artificial intelligence on top of that, doing computation, now you start to understand month to month to month, what is your behavior customers in terms of, hey, this person who ordered online, this particular one who keeps ordering online, most likely is going to pick it up four hours later. Uh -huh. don't, as don't assemble it right now. Assemble those other ones first before you assemble those. Right now, we're so 
used to doing things in a chronological order. We don't know mm -hmm. any better, right? So mm -hmm. we can improve this performance by saying, no, let's start with the ones that has a higher rate probability if somebody's going to pick those up earlier and push those others later on. Now right. you can imagine people who actually order this online, you can track them through the session of the transaction so they know if they're clear, close by, not close by, and it becomes very living system with the, with the, this is with with the customer. Right. This is a this is a software layer that sits in the hardware. So mm -hmm. let's talk about why this particular hardware choice was made to begin with. You could have, as you said, you could have done the assembly. You could have done something in the back office. Um, but what we decided upon is this is sits right between two foreign logistics. Right. You've got the internal logistics of the operations, which you as a store owner could sit down and design and make it perfect. But the external logistics is the one you can't really control because right. it's designed by people. They can come anytime they want. They can order whatever they want. They can pick it up anytime they want, however they like. They can change their mind. So now that is a very confusing logistic. So when you try to streamline that part and you put in a hardware platform that can help you tap into data that you didn't have, mm -hmm. now it's all about what you can do with the software beyond that, right? So if you think about, let's say, Tesla and their vehicles, right? It yep. is a hardware, but their money-making machine is on the software and software the services that, that cost Exactly, 100%. Now, the cool thing about the hardware that we built, the IO, yes, mm -hmm. right now there's a person assembling it and there's a person taking it out, but it's actually designed also for any machines, whether it's an automated machine or a UGV or UAV from the other side. Yeah. Exactly. So if you have an assembler machine in the future that's coming mm -hmm. into play that can do something, it can be plugged into it where it can assemble it, plugs in it, and through the API, talk to it, and now can deliver to something outside. Future maybe drone delivery of these products. Who knows? We're ready well, for know, it, those it's augmentations. It's quite logical that in the future it would be because people will be buying pre-rolls, but they want to, you know, they want to specify what varietals in it. Exactly. Machine can do that and just produce <clears throat> the packs in the desired quantity um, based on what's in there. And that yes. would also give additional data, of course, to the retailer in terms of what demand cycles are likely to happen through the year and through the month so they can uh, orient their production to meet demand differently. 100%. And I think what we encourage also business owners to think that don't don't try to always jump into thinking, let me automate a station, mm -hmm. right? That typically doesn't really add too much value. If you had a station that assembles right. all these products, you still have a highway problem. You still have a workflow problem. How are you going to get all of that to be delivered, right? So the focus always has to be the workflow, what connects two stations, and mm -hmm. then the station at the end of it. So our product focuses on the output of the assembly station, then the workflow from that to a completely automated delivery station. That's how you can actually scale up to have a higher throughput. And if you have the people involved doing one thing, that's the important thing aspect mm -hmm. of this is that you want your staff to be hyper-focused in their station. As soon as they start leaving their stations, you're just essentially burning money, sure. right? And they're not, I'm not going to be feeling fulfilled either. They're going to have to think multiple things, manage million things. Having a hyper-focused, comfortable staff member has a high probability for increasing sales because the customers will be more loyal. You get to connect them with them more. Uh -huh. um, so in terms of hardware, potential is there, but software, as we said, both from tracking, predictability, analysis is important, but the, also as an owner, I can see the future of retail where somebody can be just somewhere far away, you know, open your iPad and you can see your transactions happening, the logistics operations internally in real time. Here's uh -huh. an order coming in. Here's going to the assembly station. Here's Jeff making the assembly. He just put in the machine. Oh, the customer just walked in. He just requested it. The button is giving to you. You can see it all live. That's right. the future. So you need hardware for that.
No software can do any of this without having a hardware tapped into all of these logistics. Right. So, you know, with the with the supply system delivering mm -hmm. product to the consumer and eliminating, you're eliminating some of the steps where errors can occur, where customers entering their own products and requirements in, you just need to verify what they wanted and then their documentation for proof along the way. The only point of error at that point is in the assembly of the product, is it not? And, and of course, if somebody gets two orders come out at the same time, each person gets the right bag. Right. I mean, there's always that situation too. And there's a right. way for an assembler to re-retrieve an order to fix it if they want to, if, if the mm -hmm. button did not take it. And there's methods of how to return the product back to the assembly through the secure channels that we're talking about. So there's always an addition and improvements upon this that we can do in the future. But I think it's a good first step moving forward. And right. you really, the goal is to take away the labor mundane tasks slowly but surely and have more of a staff member focusing on the kind of the emotional, kind of more of the one-on-one, -on -one, the creative aspect, right? That's right. And at, at the same time, the cannabis business itself, the interior space, how can you provide, it's all about the experience, right? How do you, how do you get an elevated experience, right? Mm -hmm. Without people running all around the place and still having the products secure. Since the products now are on a whole different level, technically, it's in the three mm -hmm. dimensions, you can now bring those products anywhere in the business and use it to demonstrate, use it to do, to like, uh, you know, showcase a new product without having to worry about the security of this particular, you know, product that you're trying to sell and, and have like a station if you'd like. So we're trying to think about how can we have a business that offers new ideas, like you're creating a new canvas where, okay, now you have this, what can you do with this? That's how we're thinking of it. So, you know, for the operator who's, you know, looking at a system like this, I presume it ties into any POS or do you have to use particular ones? The goal is we're trying to get it to work on all of them, right? So we're still early integrations with certain PSS, you know, with Dutchy, with LeafLogics and things mm -hmm. like that, based on the customers we're getting acquiring first. And that's kind of part of why we're raising a lot of, uh, we're raising our uh, seed round is mm -hmm. to also kind of increase our um, engineering staff to really accelerate a lot of these integration points that we need. So the more that we are with the cannabis ecosystem, that it can just streamline beautifully is mm -hmm. just much easier end to end and it's much more efficient in that case. So it'll take some time, but we're hyper focused on this market. Right. No, that that's excellent. And you know, you just signed the agreement or recently did the agreement yeah. with the Cannabis Collective to to install, I guess, Correct. the first systems in place in their locations. That's right. Um, and you're raising your seed round, which usually a seed round happens earlier um because you have to be able to produce the system how how are you raising the seed round so you can deliver against the cannabis collective or really towards expansion of the business opportunity from there uh, the seed round is going to help us create a foundation mm -hmm. so that we can actually start scaling to produce way more systems than just one Collective cannabis is taken care of right now so that's right. not an issue yeah. we, we we run very lean and mean right so this yeah. lab was created specifically for this market and it's an opportunity with collective cannabis they're also investing in this for the other retailers that right. you know they have a license for three locations so that third location, for example, we're going to work hand in hand as part of new development to even make this even way more efficient um, because we're fine. We can go into one that's already been operating and slowly mm -hmm. kind of migrate the operations, or we can go to a new development and just make it beautifully set up so that it looks really great. 
Um, so this partnership is really going to grow for quite some time. But the seed round is designed so that you know we need a much larger headquarter space right now for um, for the warehouse, for production, assembly. For some of the clients are calling us even right now who uh -huh. want to see the system. And in the case of cannabis, for example, collective cannabis, they have eight stations, right? They have eight stations, yeah. and they opted for three different modules, which means they can store up to like 90 orders at once. This is never heard of before, which means somebody can order something in the morning and pick it up late in the afternoon and have to worry about security, having it stored somewhere. Right. And that's the beauty about the system. So it changes how you start thinking about the operational. Now you're more flexible and versatile with the changes of the customer behaviors too as well. Right. So it's going to be a learning experience between now and Q3, Q4 production um, later in the year. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's really great to hear from the perspective of how, you know, you see it rolling out over the next two quarters, but really this year. We yeah. do have to take a quick break again, Haitham, but we'll be back in a minute with The Green Peak. I'm Richard Zwicky. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. And we're back on the Green Peak with uh, Haitham Al-Bake uh, with uh, Wings. And Haitham, you know, before we're talking about your scale up and, you know, Canvas Collective is going to be for three locations, but you've got demand from elsewhere. And of course, you're based in Massachusetts. There is vagaries in the regulatory framework state by state, which, you know, that patchwork is a bit of a nightmare for the industry going forward as legalization happens. And, you know, so many are going to be out the window in terms of they're going to have to change so much of their stuff. But your system, are there states where it's not accepted in terms of a logistics delivery system for how the material gets handled? Or is it okay for each of them? As far as we can tell right now, there's we don't see any issues, but we're still kind of early in this investigation and we're connecting. Mm -hmm. We're actually, we will be working with the uh, Cannabis Collective Commission here in Massachusetts and to see if we can kind of have a, a better understanding and even like a certification or something that we can work with them and ensure that we are abiding with any possible regulation. Um, the goal here is what really, the goal here is to open the door for even more of these dispensaries to open up, to make it easier to open up while knowing that the security is taken care of, while knowing that despite labor shortages that we have solutions and automations come into play. See, the cannabis market is the fastest growing market. It's not the largest, but mm -hmm. it is fast. It's growing fast, right? Absolutely. So, and, and there's a lot of people who highly, highly into uh, efficiency and really thinking about, you know, if I'm going to invest in this, how to optimize this in a really great way. Yep. As much as the retail industry, the food industry are looking for automation with robotics, I see the adoption in the cannabis is going to be even faster. If anything, going to lead the industry with it, to be honest, and showcase to the world, like, look what we can do here, which really kind of eases out this regulation market and really brings this technologies that never really existed to that market and opens the door to software AIs, to software engineers, to other hardware automation systems that is now easier to come into the place. So in many ways, we're kind of like a Trojan horse. We sit right in the middle between the customers and the internal operation of the business to open the doors for anybody to come in and say, okay, now you just need to plug in here, you plug in here, and slowly but surely, we want to make this as streamlined as possible. So while we're doing this, we're going to be talking to the, regular, uh, the, the proper regulatory forms uh -huh. and see how we can continue to improve this and how we can stay aligned with it um, right. and make it easier. We, we need more entrepreneurs. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, one of the, one of the key things that's always going to be at the forefront for regulators is um, reporting yeah. and you know, transparency, transparency along the way. And one of the 
features of this system, I would imagine for any retailer is the accountability for inventory because you can account for zero loss. Correct. Right? Um, which once you have hands handling it along the way, you always have that question, what could have happened if something goes awry or amiss? In this, you know what you're loading into the vault and you know the only way it can leave would be through the system. Correct. And think about too, also the system itself that's storing the products can, let's say, weigh them. So now you mm -hmm. have data about the way of the actual totality of the sale of the product. So you know that there's prepackaged products and there's non-prepackaged products. Right. You can immediately calculate, okay, did the assembler put the right amount? Did the assembler fulfill the right thing? So there is now auditing systems that are all going to be built into it so that now it's kind of gives you another level of scrutiny but also kind of level of comfortableness to the end-to-end -end experience, right? Right. So that, that's also critical too. So there's a lot of opportunities Absolutely. that we can tap into it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and so, you know, it's exciting uh, getting that first contract. I know from, <laughs> as any entrepreneur, it's a, it's a huge milestone. Sometimes people think, oh, it's just one, but no, that first real one is, uh, feels amazing. Yes, And, yes. you know, now you're about to embark or you're, you've embarked on your seed round, which is you're in great position because you have revenue that's booking off of this contract. How much are you looking to raise? And have you decided on, you know, are you doing an equity round or what are you doing? And how do you, from an investor perspective, what are they looking at? A long-term investment or are you thinking of a going public or a different form of outcome over the next few years? Right now, it's we're looking for investors who see the potential of this for a long term. I mean, the long term value of this is all markets. It's kind of crazy. Yep. That's number one. Number two, you know, we're raising a million dollars right now, and because we didn't expect this kind of demand when we came out, we, we were kind of planning later in the year. We're going to take it slow, then get a production system, but it's just got really hot quickly. Yep. And we we already closed 440k off that million, and we're nice. looking for now people in the business, either businesses or VCs in the market who understands it because the go-to-market strategy going into different um, states, for example, um, is very critical in how we navigate this while making sure that we regulate the market and also making sure that we kind of really work with the ecosystem of the technologies that exist. As you know, there's so much software from seed all the way to a customer. Yep. We want to be transparent. We mean right in the middle so it feels like it's all built into it. We don't want to add another friction. That's the whole point of this. Absolutely. So Nobody wants that. Exactly. So the point is we want to really participate to really bring this to the next level. And whoever comes in for early on, you know, this is our beachhead and mm -hmm. it's and we want to be the the um, the investors in the market that's looking to 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 see the potential of this, not just what's doing right now, but way more than this too. So beyond this point, it's essentially going to be scale round after this. It's like a Series A round to scale completely and start producing a lot of these systems right. worldwide. Um, so this is essentially, from a high level, what we're looking for at this point. Okay. Um... You know, for listeners or anybody who's interested in learning more about Wings, speaking to you and contacting you, what's the best way to do so? You can visit our website at uh, wings.business. Um, you can also email me at albake at wings.business. Fantastic. And that would be for, you know, finding about the product, finding about, Anything. you know, more information. That's fantastic. Yeah. All sorry. right. Well, I'd th like to thank you for joining us today on the Green Peak, uh, Hytham. And, you. Uh, you know, I wish you luck with the, uh, with the fundraise and the rollout and everything else. I think there's some really interesting components there. I appreciate it a lot. Thank you so much. Thank you. And <laughs> thanks to everybody for listening. We'll be back again with you next week. I'm Richard Zwicky on The Green Peak.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.